If you enjoy these podcasts, check out Enrico Signoretti's reports and blogs on gigaohm.com. They're about data storage and cloud computing, addressing all the topics covered in Voices in Data Storage. Welcome, everybody. Uh, this is uh, Voices in Data Storage brought to you by Gigaohm, and I am Enrico Signoretti. Today, we will talk about uh, data protection. Data protection is cool again. There are a lot of startups in this space now. Uh, it happened uh, a few years back with um, a bunch of startups uh, re- rebuilding the idea of data protection. So consolidating uh, uh, backups in uh, appliances, simplifying the processes and so on. And now we have a new wave of uh, innovation coming from, uh, from the cloud as well. Uh, You know, I remember when I started doing uh, uh, this job, it was almost 30 years ago, and backup was the easiest thing that you can think of. I mean, you were able to stop uh, your job to do a backup copy. When you had the issues with your files, you had the time to stop, think about your backup, uh, retrieve your data, and start again. Everything is changed, of course, because the capacities that uh, we deal today with and uh, uh, the SLAs, everything. Okay, to talk about this, uh, to talk about this, uh, oh, to talk about this topic today, I invited uh, Pujan Kumar, uh, CEO and founder of Clumio. Hi, Pujan. How are you? Good, Enrico. How are you? I'm very fine. Thank you very much for joining me today. And Pujan, maybe we can start with, uh, with a short introduction about you and, uh, and about your company. Absolutely. So my, uh, my background really quick, you know, I've been you know, about 20 years uh, in the enterprise industry. You know, I, I grew up uh, from a career perspective uh, in Oracle, uh, building you know, Exadata for Oracle. That was something that I, I co-founded along with other folks. Spent some time at VMware after that, and then decided to go and uh, do my first company as uh, as founder CEO, which was Pernix Data, uh, which was uh, acquired by Nutanix, you know, four and a half years into its uh, in, from its inception. I spent uh, a couple of years at Nutanix, uh, kind of leading their products and engineering and new initiatives, and then decided to leave to jumpstart Clumio about uh, two years ago. So that's been uh, you know my journey really quick. You know, very passionate about uh, building you know, enterprise products and companies and uh, looking forward to doing that with uh, with Clumio here. Specifically uh, on Clumio, I think we're a two-year-old company. Uh, we just came out of stealth uh, you know, a few weeks ago in August uh, of 2019 and really going after uh, data protection in a very, very you know, innovative and different way versus anybody else out there. So... Um... I started the episode, uh, you know, uh, talking a little bit very briefly about how backup is changed in the uh, in the last, you know, thirty years. Okay, uh, and uh, I don't know if you agree with me, but it was very, very easy at the at the beginning of, uh, uh, you know, also personal computing and uh, several the first several applications. Everything was easy. You had time to stop. Uh, and uh, and make a copy of your, your small database or whatever it was. And now, uh, and then we started to think about backup windows and we started to think about continuous backup and uh, 
the number of application raised as well, as well as, you know, the devices and, uh, you know, complexity in general, I mean. Uh, so we have challenges that, I don't know, even 10 years ago, we didn't have, right? Absolutely, absolutely. Right? And, and, and more and more, I think even the computing paradigms have, have changed big time, right? Because if you look at a, a typical enterprise today, data itself, uh, you know, is not just you know, sitting within their data centers on premises, more and more applications are built in the cloud. So data is sitting there for a, for a typical enterprise today. And also data is sitting in other, you know, software as a service, you know, platforms like Salesforce and O365 and many others. So, so the data itself is very fragmented in today's enterprise. Yeah, in fact, we have a lot of silos. So we, we worked so many years in, in the... Uh, in the early 2000s, we talked about silos in the data center, okay? We are going back to this silos uh, concept. I mean, cloud silos and data center is a silent per se. Even if now it's uh, virtualiz- virtualization helped us to uh, remove the silos in the data center, okay? At least uh, from the infrastructure perspective. But uh, now we have another silo that is, you know, uh, Amazon uh, AWS, for example. Or, yes, you mentioned SaaS application. Office 365 is a huge silo, right? Absolutely, right? And, 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 and so all of these silos ultimately, you know, for a, for a typical enterprise, you know, somebody has to come in and essentially deliver something across, you know, all of these silos. And, and these silos are no longer even, you know, co-located together, right? At least back in the day, before virtualization came in, you know, at least there were silos that were co-located and then obviously virtualization got them together. Now, these silos are you know, basically physically apart and sitting in different platforms and somebody has to come in and really put it all together. Yeah, and, and indeed, the, the type of data that we are managing in these silos, are, um, you know, uh, we have different types of data that we manage in the silos, so everything gets complicated, not only on the, on the fact that uh, uh, they are in different locations, there, there is different types of data, there, is, uh, there are different types of SLAs. And uh, we didn't mention yet the fact that, uh, you know, in some organizations, the mobile part of the, uh, of the client is very, very important, My, meaning now they count more than 60-80% of the of the of the devices that they have in the in their organization. Yep, exactly, exactly. So, um, uh, so how, how Clumia uh, does uh, um, ad, uh, how Clumia addresses this uh, uh, this kind of issues? Yeah. So, if you look at our vision, right? If you look at the last uh, twenty years, every use case out there has gone through its own journey of getting, you know, sassified, so to speak, right? It all started off with something like Salesforce going and, you know, delivering CRM as SaaS. And then the journey kept continuing with, you know, Workday doing it for HR management, ServiceNow doing it for, you know, your your incident management and, and so on and so forth, right? So, and, and most recently, you know, Snowflake computing doing it for, you know, data warehousing, right? And so our vision essentially was, if you kind of combine these two things together, where not only, as we discussed, the data is is no longer at, at one place for, a, for an enterprise, and the fact that, you know, we are at in a world where, you know, you need simplification 
and and enterprises more and more want to go and consume you know saas services whenever possible and really you know free themselves you know from the mundane so to speak right so it's like saying that you know who in 2019 raises their hand and says i want you know microsoft exchange on premises and i want to buy a bunch of dell servers and really deliver email to my enterprise you know nobody does that right people want to go to the cloud to either g suite or o365 and basically get email for their enterprise you know same thing for crm as we discussed people go to salesforce and get crm for the enterprise and we basically you know said that what if you could do something similar for essentially delivering backups and data protection to the enterprise and doing it you know not only in a in a in a manner that you know is is truly serviceified but also doing it with a single pane of glass across you know all of the data sources on premises in cloud and saas so that was the the founding vision of clumio in terms of going and you know building this the service on top of the public cloud and really delivering you know a secure enterprise backup as a service across all of these data sources so that's like our step 1 uh, in terms of what uh, what we have started doing okay so uh let, let's uh, uh concentrate a little bit on step 1 because i know that there is a step 2 in your vision and so the, the step 1 means uh just to uh, uh to do a quick recap so you have this saas solution that now is able to back up uh, almost everything okay on premises on the cloud and uh, what else but the, the problem is from my point of view okay uh, and i want to challenge you on this so uh, when i do backups of my on premises uh, installation i need performance okay i'm okay with uh, the performance on cloud to cloud but actually when i when i do something uh, on premises there is a lot of throughput there is a lot of uh, files there is a lot of terabytes or sometimes even more to 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 back up okay how do you address this kind of problems yeah so that's where i think and if you look at it last last couple of years we've been you know uh, sitting in stealth and really going and building the platform the right way right so if you look at the the, the data problem so to speak right you know you have to go and essentially build you know all of the technologies that effectively can utilize you know the network really well and really be able to go and deliver you know reduction technologies like deduplication and compression across you know multiple use cases really well and doing this as a service require you to do it in a multi tenant fashion right so to speak so so when you look at uh, a solution like like ours right so we have spent a lot of time and energy to make sure that there is so much of efficiency in the system so obviously there is one time you have to go and you know push data into the cloud which is you know the seeding stage so to speak but after that you know capturing changes and only making sure the changes are getting shipped to the cloud making sure that even the changes you know are getting deduplicated and compressed so effectively kind of transferring a byte only if it absolutely needs to get transferred and doing it across you know data centers within a, within the same customer because obviously our our state management is in the cloud so we can dedupe across data centers and so on and so forth right so all of the technologies have to get built to truly do it you know in an efficient manner and obviously we're also relying on one other thing that obviously has come a long way in the last few years which is if you look at you know the network uh, and thanks to all the investments from the big public cloud vendors like you know AWS direct connect which is the 10 gig network to the cloud it now boasts about 15000 customers right so 
So for not, you know, big dollars, you can effectively get, you know, direct connects to the cloud. And we see all of our enterprise customers basically, you know, having it. And so utilizing that, you know, the network bandwidth that they already have to the cloud, but utilizing it effectively is what enables, you know, some of these things to, to happen today. Okay, so the, the answer is optimization on one side, and uh, you know, uh, techn- uh, availability of availability of more throughput, more bandwidth on the other, and uh, and at the same time, uh, you know, uh, I I really love the fact that uh, you know the technology is evolving and gives us m- more more opportunities to uh, to develop this new new models okay but on the other side so what about security i mean uh how can i be sure that you know dealing with a SaaS provider uh putting all my data in uh, uh in your hands uh, is uh safe enough for my yeah so this is where i think you know if you look at our uh, our thinking you know we have put security first like one of the reasons we actually won um, the best of show award at vm world last month in august was because, you know, we basically put security front and center in our offering, right? And so some of the things that we do in terms of making sure that any data that leaves, you know, the customer environment is encrypted, you know, in flight, it's encrypted in rest, at rest, so to speak, in the cloud. We also have built, you know, our own, you know, compliance initiatives and and we've done a lot of penetration testing on the SaaS platform and we share our penetration testing reports with our customers and so on and so forth, right? So we have basically put so much emphasis on on security to make sure that, you know, customers who are, you know, onboarding on our platform do realize that our posture is security first. And uh, and again, so by having my data already copied uh, on the cloud, so it's no longer on my premises, even the backup copy. So I can think about it as a, uh, you know, I am a step closer to have a disaster recovery solution. Absolutely. That's the other thing, right? You know, uh, the fact that the data exists, like, you know, one of our early customers, which was the city of Davenport, an interesting story, right? You know, you know, immediately after they, you know, bought our, uh, our service, so to speak, you know, they effectively had like a big disaster in there where there was a lot of flooding and, and things like that in, in that city. But guess what, right? You know, all because of all of that, at the end of the day, you know, their, their data centers and stuff like that, you know, they had to go through some outages, but they were sure of the fact that their data, which is the most important asset, is already safe because it was sitting in the cloud with our service, right? So the fact that you have a service like this that is, you know, essentially taking this over, you know, basically provides you this uh, this ability. Now, it's not a true DR as a service yet because we don't you know, allow you to run the environment completely. We don't allow you to do fail back and all of those things. But the fact the data is there is a lot of peace of mind that you can essentially go and instantiate things and, and, and do things yourself, which historically was, was expensive. People had to buy extra hardware, extra infrastructure, extra data centers to essentially have these, these things before. Yeah, another thing that uh, uh, maybe this is uh, the step two that uh, we didn't talk about yet, but actually having data on the cloud uh, opens up other opportunities for the future. So the, this, uh, uh, the fact that you can consolidate everything, SaaS, on-prem, uh, other other um, uh, devices that are uh, you know in the field and all together in a single large repository that is practically 
uh, unlimited in terms of capacity, okay, gives you other opportunities for the future. The first thing that I have in mind is, you know, data management, okay? So you, you can enable with uh, this huge uh, repository uh, analytics and many other things, you can crawl in your data and find things to find uh, uh, what is happening, what your users are doing, and probably more. Yeah, and that I think is really, you know, the the big opportunity that we're after, right? You know, when we chose, you know, data protection, you know, ultimately our thinking was to really go and, and build a data management, you know, platform and really deliver services on top of this platform that really help the customer to get more out of the data that, you know, we are managing and we are protecting on their behalf. And the reason, you know, this becomes possible for the first time, because, you know, a lot of vendors have had this vision on the on-premises side, you know, but they were limited because it was a piece of hardware and you could do only this much on that piece of hardware. And really you couldn't, you know, take a real big advantage because that piece of hardware was already, you know, committed to do its its job, so to speak. But we don't have that problem, right? You know, the way we have built our architecture, which is, you know, cloud native, essentially sucks in all the data and is basically the data is sitting in the object storages of the public cloud, so to speak. But ultimately, behind the scenes, we have the ability to instantiate the data, you know, summon like a bunch of compute from the public cloud, fraction of a cost, and really, you know, deliver other adjacent, you know, services on top of the data, right? The analytic services that we can deliver, you know, tell customers more about, you know, their own environments, their own, you know, what's, you know, what's being used, what's not being used, right? Being able to index all of the data that we, t- we do today to, to really provide like, you know, file level recovery on top of the platform, but really go and, you know, look at all the metadata and really give that intelligence. Uh, and more and more, it be, the intelligence becomes even more important because the data sources themselves are so disparate. And especially in the public cloud world, you know, it's a wild, wild west right now for a lot of enterprises because they don't know what's what's really going on. So, so our ability to kind of, you know, put all of these things together at one place and really leverage the compute uh, capabilities of the public cloud is where you know our step two becomes you know super interesting. So you'll see basically as we as we obviously nail, we have a, a ton of things to do obviously to nail you know the data protection piece right now in terms of where we are as a company because we're a very young company. But that's where you'll see us going you know more and more and delivering you know more and more interesting things on top of the platform we have built. Yeah, and every time I think about these things, uh, you know, the very third, the very first thing that I think of is GDPR or similar um, regulation that are popping out everywhere in the world. I mean, uh, it's almost two years in uh, in Europe now, but but uh, but uh, a similar regulation is coming up in. Uh, in California, right? So uh, having the ability to understand what you are storing maybe gives you also information to understand if you are compliant or not. Or security, okay, ransomware attacks. So by analyzing what is happening day after day on your backups, you can understand if, you know, uh, you you see patterns on how uh, the, um, the files are changing and if there are too many files changing... In a, in a single day, maybe there is something wrong. Or uh, even even more than that, I don't know. Uh, you know, imagination is the only limit with the, uh, when you have all your data. It's, it's more a big data, data science kind of problem than, uh, than a backup problem, right? 
Absolutely. And again, I think if you look at you know some of these you know other use cases that we can power on, not all of this you know need to get built by us, right? You know, this is where we can essentially harness you know some very interesting partnerships in the cloud where you know we have built this platform, data is sitting on this platform. And then, you know, you have APIs available to the platform that other vendors can effectively run, you know, their own, you know, apps, so to speak, on this platform, right? So some apps that we build, some that get, you know, delivered by, you know, some of our partners, and that's where it becomes, you know, a true platform. All right. In, in fact, if you expose your API to third parties and your users directly, I mean, some of them could, could find uh, uh, for a very, very niche use case, uh, useful to have a, your API, so that, that's that's always a, a great thing. I mean, to do. So the, the platform today gives you backup for uh, uh, on-premises environment. Uh, I'm, I'm sure that uh, it covers um, uh, VMware environments, for example. But uh, uh, looking at the entire vision that we we talked about, what are the next steps for uh, uh, Clumio? I mean. Uh, uh, what can we expect in the next six, 12 months from uh, from the company? Yeah. So, you know, what we delivered, you know, in the past, which is rearview mirror right now, it, the service is, is GA for a few months now, which has basically started off with, you know, VMware on-prem. But very soon after that, we added uh, support for, you know, VMC, right, which is the whole VMware on AWS, you know, initiative that, you know, VMware has had for almost a couple of years now. And we are seeing, you know, some tremendous amount of traction there because, you know, as you can imagine, VMC, you know, fundamentally relies on the fact that it's a service, it's running across, you know, multiple regions uh, on AWS, obviously completely managed by by VMware. And then you're not going to take a legacy solution and and run it there and manage it yourself and basically back it up. It doesn't work like that, right? So so the fact that we can essentially deliver that one-click service to essentially protect the VMC environment, you know, is huge. Right. And we can do it across regions, you know, and ultimately across clouds, too, which is where, you know, a lot of the customers using VMC are seeing us as the only solution that can truly provide, you know, backup for all the mission critical workloads that they're moving into VMC. And they want to move into into VMC because anytime somebody wants to move some mission critical stuff into the cloud, guess what? Backup becomes very, very important. Right. So that's where that's that's something we've already done. We already have uh, you know support for for VMC, and we're working very closely you know with you know partners like VMware to really you know give joint great solutions to our uh, to our customers. And then as you you know as you get into more and more around uh, applications built in the public cloud itself, you know you'll see some very interesting announcements come out from us you know, by the end of this year around the reinvent timeframe, which really allow you know people to do something similar you know, for applications built on AWS, right? And it's a different world, as we all know, you know, public cloud, you know, applications built in the cloud using, you know, native services in the cloud, using, you know, being able to run across multiple accounts, multiple regions, you know, you can't expect a legacy solution is that is something that a customer will will want to use because they'll have to do, you know, and manage and upgrade and install the software, run it 24 by seven, across their accounts, across the region. So it doesn't scale. It has to be delivered via true service, which is what AWS takes a lot of pride at. And so you'll see basically us making a big dent and essentially, you know, making our first foray into, 
into the world of the native public cloud, you know, not just uh, uh, VMware, so to speak, right? And so that's something that you see come from us. And then as we get into the next year, we'll start going in the direction of the SaaS apps that we discussed uh, in, the, in the earlier part of the conversation and really go and deliver that true single pane of glass, you know, across, you know, on-prem that we are doing, you know, the cloud native that we'll do shortly and then uh, our first SaaS app, so to speak. And then obviously, you know, uh, the service is only in the U.S. right now. There is a ton to to do to seamlessly keep growing across, you know, all the regions that, you know, AWS is, is bring you know, kind of, you know, bringing online literally every few months and ultimately, you know, expanding the platform, you know, to be a true multi-cloud platform, which is how we designed it from the get-go and really go and do something similar on other public clouds, right? Because we've got to deliver this as a true, you know, multi-cloud platform, uh, you know, obviously at the end of the day, running on top of the public cloud. So that's what you'll see from us in the next few months. The, the, the most intriguing part uh, was the fact that you, uh, you're working on be, uh, doing data protection for the public cloud correctly. I mean, there are several solution already out there that claim that they protect uh, workloads on the public cloud. But actually, if you look into them, they are just doing copies of EC2 machines and it is not enough, okay? Most of the data is not in, in those instances. So if you, are, if you will be able to, you know, to, to work uh, and to make it happen, meaning backup databases in the cloud and especially in complex environment with, as you said, multiple user, multiple location, multiple everything, that, that would be uh, a game changer from this point of view. I mean, there are a lot of enterprises waiting for solutions like yeah, that. And exactly, right? And I think a true solution in the cloud also has to do it such that, you know, you're not just, a, you know, a glorified snapshot manager, right? You know, you know basically just building, you know, a, a piece of control plane software that, by the way, the customer still has to manage and, and and do it across accounts, across regions. But really, you know, just managing snapshots is not the way to deliver true backups because then you're not truly protecting your environment like you are protecting on-premises, right? So there is a, you know, a lot of awareness right now about all of this, like there's a lot of awareness about backing up your SaaS uh, solutions, right? You know, people would uh, incorrectly assume that, yeah, I'm using a SaaS solution and, and I know my data is backed up. That's not true, right? It's available. That doesn't mean it's backed up especially if there is an attack or if there is mistakes and stuff like that. So, so those are the things, right? So we are basically going and tackling the problem the right way and delivering the right solution for our customers. Okay, can I ask you a little bit more about the internal uh, architecture of the product? I mean, you, you mentioned AWS many times, so uh, it's uh, developed on top of AWS, right? And uh, how does it work? Yeah, so if you look at, you know, we have built it, we have, we have um, announced it today as a top of AWS. But if you look at our underlying architecture, you know, there's nothing that ties us to the public cloud, so to speak, right? We have basically delivered it with a set of abstractions internally so that we can essentially go and, and deliver it as a multi-cloud platform, you know, as we, as we keep going, right? And so that's how we have built it internally. Whenever we access a service, you know, we kind of have our own, you know, abstraction layer on top of it. So that we can essentially, you know, you know, tie tie with that abstraction layer to a to a different cloud, you know, if need be, right? And if you look at, you know, how we have done this, right? You know, if you look at, you know, we have basically, you know, done four things here, right? We have basically taken, 
the functionality of uh, the backup itself right all the scheduling policies you know uh, you know kind of tying it to data sources and stuff like that that's one piece that a typical backup software vendor you know does then we have basically gone number 2 is we have built this deduplication compression you know encryption engine on top of the public cloud on top of object storage you know at scale like which you know traditionally was done in a piece of hardware in the, on the on-premises side. And then we have gone and delivered, you know, all of these pieces as a true multi-tenant, you know, solution so that every customer, when they onboard on the platform, you know, they're obviously thinking of this as their own tenant, right? But ultimately behind the scenes, it's a multi-tenant platform. And hence, you know, we can onboard a customer in less than 30 minutes because we have truly built it like a multi-tenant platform from the get-go while delivering, you know, all the features around a Google-like search for their, you know, data and, and the recovery and, and so on and so forth. And then last but not the least, we have delivered all of this as a true service offering, right? Like literally today, you know, we have the service, you know, you know going live uh, getting updated, you know, live getting updated with a new feature around bandwidth throttling, right? Where customers can essentially throttle the bandwidth they want us to use, you know, in their, you know, beefy network connection and stuff like that, right? And you get this feature without lifting a finger. You get this feature by not even logging out and logging in. You just get this feature by refreshing your screen and suddenly you see this pop, pop up. And so delivering as a true service requires all of the CI/CD internally so that when developers write all their code from a lab from their laptop to it showing up in the service in the cloud which was historically only done by the you know netflix and googles of the world on the consumer side we are basically delivering this on the enterprise side right so, so all of these four things coming together is what basically is you know the the clumio platform as it stands today yeah, and uh, it's very interesting that you build the platform to be multi-cloud because uh, in, in the medium-long term, it will allow your customers to save also on egress fees. So if you can deliver the, the platform from uh, uh, Amazon for Amazon customers, it would be less expensive than having it deployed uh, you know, on Amazon for Azure customers, right? So um, uh, you, you can match the customers with the the platform that they use the most probably absolutely and that that is almost like a, a table stakes in the in the cloud world right you cannot expect the customer to you know essentially bear the the egress cost right so that's that's a non starter obviously there are customers who might want it in terms of and they're willing to pay extra to have that cloud to cloud but that's uh, that's 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 one class of customers but for everybody else you have to provide you know, that, that same region, same cloud experience, which also, by the way, requires you to truly scale out the platform so that it can run across, you know, multiple regions. There's GDPR reasons that you pointed out, and there's regions around egress, reasons around egress due to which you have to truly do it so that we can essentially run across the, you know, tens of regions on each cloud that are available today and that are only growing. Okay, that, that was a very, very nice conversation, Pujan. I, I uh, really appreciate your time today. And maybe we can wrap up this episode uh, with, uh, with a few links on, on Clumion. And um, maybe you also, sorry, uh, uh, with a few links on Clumion. And you can also share with us your Twitter handle if somebody wants to keep the conversation alive uh, on the Twitters. Absolutely, right? You can find a lot about us, obviously, on our webpage, inclumio.com. 
uh, our our Clumio Twitter handle is pretty active. It's it's Clumio Inc. Uh, is our Clumio Twitter handle. My personal handle is my first name. It's a very unique name. Looks like so I have uh, I, I managed to get my my personal handle with at Pujan as my personal Twitter handle. So yeah, I would love to continue this conversation. And uh, and Enrico, it was a phenomenal conversation. We have known each other for many years, so I really appreciate you know doing this. Thank you very much. Thank you. And um, and for our listener, if you want to know more about uh, data protection in hybrid cloud environment, I'm working on a research for Gigaum that uh, covers exactly these topics. It will be out for the end of the year. So uh, stay tuned for more information about that. Bye-bye. If you enjoyed this episode of Voices in Data Storage, please check out the other ones. Unstructured data management is the focus of a report Enrica wrote for Gigaum Research. To find out more about how data storage is evolving in the cloud era, download the single report or subscribe to GigaOM Research for future forward advice on data-driven technologies, operations, and business strategies.